0: There's joy in every journey.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Haas, along with Bobby Abair and Mike Dettelier, who are at the Silver Slipper, and we are joined now by Saints head coach Dennis Allen victorious over the Falcons twice this year, but by a grand total of four points. It is uh, it is tough out there, Coach, as we all know, and this season and this Week 15 weekend was the most unbelievable football I've ever seen, but we'll take a deeper dive into the game over the Falcons, but there's really only one thing that matters, and that's that W, and you, you, you need to do it every week, but you, you got the first one.
3: Yeah, no question. Um, you know, we needed to win the game, and we did what we had to do to win the game. There's certainly some things that we need to get cleaned up. Uh, but yet, um, you know, I felt like we – look, we got off to a really good start, got up 14 to nothing, um, and and I felt like, man, we had the chance to really kind of put the game – I don't want to say out of reach, but yet really take control of the game. We got the ball down there in the red zone, and we put the ball on the ground. So those are things that can't happen, and, and – uh, um you know, certainly we're aware of that, but ultimately we made enough plays to win the game.
1: Uh, you know, Coach Allen, you're talking about uh, taking a lead. We're up 14 to 0. Uh, obviously, you can't uh, lay the ball on the ground. Uh, when you look at David Johnson in that scenario, uh, you know, you got to take it away. You don't need to give it away. Uh, but I even look at a scenario, and uh, I, I think he's played outstanding uh but an opportunity if not uh, you know three picks for sure too, Alante Taylor great passes defending i'm looking at that in my notes but how about instead of pass defending how about we get a pick i mean i look uh, he could have had about a 90 plus yard pick 6 instead Listen, of I'm with you, fourteen Bobby. to 3 no 21 like to I'm 0 with
3: you. we had some opportunities <laughs> yeah. you know and and that's look that's one of the things that i've I've really tried to you know preach to the players is is you know we have to we have to take advantage of the opportunities that we have. And yet, look, it's it's great to get the, pre, the pass breakup, and I think Alante Taylor's been playing outstanding, to be honest with you. And so, right. uh, but but those are game changing type of plays, um, and so we have to be able to, to come up with those and, and, and finish those things off. And when we do those things, uh, we're gonna we're gonna realize a lot more success than what we've realized.
1: Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen, when I look at this, and obviously um, uh, when I look at history, and I I think you're not as old as me, but you're old enough, uh, that when I look at Taysom Hill, including the playoffs, Taysom Hill has now had 10 passing touchdowns, 21 rushing touchdowns, 11 receiving touchdowns. The last player to reach double digits in all three uh, was Frank Gifford. I mean, everybody knows who freaking Frank Gifford is. I know he played with the Giants and all that. So that that was that's a while ago. Uh, yeah, but, but the thing about that, that, is Frank Gifford and now Taysom Hill. I think that's pretty good company to be in.
3: I think it's awesome, and I think that just speaks to the type of talent that, that Taysom is. I mean, he has the ability to do a ton of different things for us, and so, um, you know, that's, a, that's, that's kind of a unique weapon to be able to have at your disposal.
2: Coach, talk about the defense's, uh, you know, uh, challenge of stopping the run. Tyler Algier, 139 yards, 8.2 average, and overall 231 yards. And you, you kind of say that knowing that it's always one of those things each week. You want to run the ball and you want to stop the run. Uh, difficult against Atlanta yesterday.
3: Yeah, and and look, I would say this, and, and certainly we, we want to be better and we need to be better, um, you know, with the rookie quarterback, um, they ran in a, in a couple of unique situations and and had a couple of plays that um, you know probably uh, you know me in hindsight uh, would have liked to have been in a little bit different call, just knowing that they had a rookie quarterback instead of being such a pass call, be a little bit more in a run call, um, and then and then really they had the one long run on the on the third and one, um, and so you know, they had probably close to 100 yards rushing, uh, you know, when we were in more of a three down uh, passing game uh, type of call. And so, look, I put a lot of that on me. Um, But yet, you know, the ultimate goal is to win the game. And and they had 320 total yards and only threw the ball for 97 yards. And we gave up uh, 18 points. And I think really over about the last four or five weeks, I think we've given up on average somewhere around 16, 17 points a game. And so um, I think that's winning defense. And so although I want the run game statistics to be better, and they need to be better, um, the ultimate thing is to to win the game, and and we were able to do that.
1: Now, uh, Coach Allen, now now I'm going to get a little bit off on the Atlanta game, Uh, but when you look how Cleveland is structured, I know they got Deshaun Watson and all that. When you look at Nick Chubb, it seems like they're coming off the bus running. You know, when you empty the stadium and you go get dressed, and then, I don't know, the wind could be blowing 20-plus miles an hour, 15 degrees and all that. Don't you think that, that you might say, well, it's Deshaun Watson. But I take, I take the approach that if we're going to beat Cleveland, we can't let Nick Chubb and their running attack go all over us. And if Deshaun Watson makes the plays, he makes the plays. But but I know one thing: the way Cleveland is structured, that it seems like you cannot let uh, Nick Chubb get off.
3: Yeah, there's no question. I think Nick Chubb, uh, along with their offensive line, is kind of the the uh, the straw that stirs the drink for them. Um, you know, I think Nick Chubb's an outstanding player. I think their offensive line is playing at a really high level. I know they they're coached well. Um, you know, obviously. Um, you know Kevin Stefanski and and and, and uh, Bill Callahan coaching the offensive line. I think they're uh, you know one of the more difficult offenses to defend just from a run game standpoint. So uh, yeah, they're going to come off the bus, you know, trying to run the football and, and getting Chubb uh, going. And, and certainly, I think the weather will have a little bit of factor into um, you know exactly how the game plays out.
2: Coach, talk about Andy Dalton a little bit, uh, 11 of 17, 151 yards, two touchdowns, but in his last four games now, no picks, that's 99, uh, consecutive passes, just, uh, efficient yesterday.
3: Yeah, I think that's, I think that would be the word that I would use to describe Andy is I think he's been, you know, efficient throwing the football, um, and he's protected the ball, um he's gotten the ball out and and gotten the ball to the right people at the right times. And, um, you know, I know we had a couple of sacks yesterday, but yet, um, you know, the sack numbers have been down. And, And so I think he's operating the offense very efficiently.
2: We will have more with Saints head coach, Dennis Allen, as we talk about the Atlanta victory, look ahead to Cleveland as well. Stick with us here on the Saints coaches show on the community coffee, New Orleans saints radio network.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome back to the Saints your Show. My cost along with Saints head coach Dennis Allen. And coach, it was uh, tight till the end, as as we know, fourth and five from the 50. And Ritter hits Drake London and then Justin Evans just pops him and Bradley Roby, who had a fumble recovery in the week one Atlanta game is right there. Cause what they ruled was an actual catch and fumble, but that's what you've been talking about really this season about your defenses. Make that play. Who, who can make the play when you need it most?
3: Yeah, look, and it was, a, it was a great play by, uh, Justin Evans and, and Roby was there to, to, to have the recovery and, and, uh, you know, that, that, those are the type of plays that, that we need to be able to win these games. And so, uh, it was good to see that happen in, in, uh, in the game at that time, which, you know, really, you know, gave us a chance to kind of seal the victory.
1: You know, uh, you know, Coach Allen, when I look at, uh, who's contributing and obviously, uh, you know, you look at it, it's a long season, uh, but I want you to comment on these players. Um, uh, I thought Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, uh, might have been one of his best games. Uh, he had a sack. He had, like, six total tackles, uh, a couple of pass defenders. He probably thought he probably should have had a pick in that. And then when uh, one penalty they called on him. I go, how can you call that a penalty? That, that looks like great coverage, what he did. And then also Caden uh, Ellis and uh, Katavia Street. I'm looking at Caden Ellis right now. Uh, this would be a trivia question for the that Nation. Who's behind DeMario Davis and Sacks and tied with Cam Jordan? Kay Nell is five and a half sacks. And then Kadavius Street gets a one and a half. He has three for the season. So I thought you look at uh, tackles for a loss, uh, quarterback hurries, hits, sacks and all that tackles that Cain Nell is uh, uh, and a Street. They really contributed at a high level along with Tyron Matthews.
3: Yeah, I think those three players that you mentioned have have uh you know, played well in, in differing roles, you know. Uh, you know, Tyron's been, you know, the starter all season for us and he's been a steady a steady player. I know, you know, look, we all wish that that we had a lot more of those um, you know, spectacular plays and the takeaways and all those things, uh, but yet he's the guy that, you know, Every time, you know, he's 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 always doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing on every single play, and so he's a reliable player for us. Uh, Caden's a guy that that, you know, kind of came in as as more or less a backup, and when he got his opportunity to go in and start, uh, he performed exceptionally well, and 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 he did so again this week against uh, against Atlanta. And and Contavious has been one of those role players for us that kind of rotates in and out at the defensive tackle, and I think the
1: last couple of games he's really
3: stepped up in terms of his pass rush.
1: Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen, looking at, um, obviously, uh, you know, every team you can look at, uh, you got your draft picks, uh, but uh, what more can you say when you got a free agent who steps up big time like Rashid Shahid and Jawan Johnson? I mean, I'm looking at here's Johnson, uh, seven touchdowns uh, receiving that's first on the team. And uh, I want to say he's only uh, behind Kelsey in the whole National Football League as far as uh, touchdown receptions. And then you, you just look at Shahid and how explosive he's been. I mean, I, I told the fans this we do in the game show. I mean, you know, they want us to comment on all the players on the roster. And go, I don't know. We couldn't talk about him in OTA's camp and training camp because I've seen him a couple of times at the trainers, but all of a sudden – He's passing up everybody, uh, considering when the season's starting, and when he's available and taking advantage of that opportunity. When you consider the first two times he touched the ball, he was so explosive. So I'm sure Coach Carmichael's thinking like, damn, we got to get this cat's hands on the football.
3: Yeah, and look, that was the the interesting thing with with Rasheed is that, you know, we really didn't get an opportunity to see much of him in training camp because he was coming off the ACL injury. And so um, we knew what we had in terms of the potential as a returner. That was really, in essence, why we, we, we signed him as a free agent. What we didn't realize and, and soon did is, is what he can do as a receiver. And so as he's gotten more comfortable with what we're doing offensively, we've gotten more comfortable with him you know we've been able to utilize him a lot more and he's he's been a really explosive player for us and and look i think i think it it's a testament you know not only to those players um you know jawan uh rashid you know those guys and 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 their ability to come in and work and develop and t- continue to get better you know i think it's a testament to um you know, our, our personnel staff and how they're able to go out and find these guys um, in free agency that, you know, maybe not a lot of other guys saw much in them um, and their ability to find them and then uh, our ability to bring them in and develop them. And I think that's what you have to be able to do in, in this league is find guys, whether it be through the draft or free agency, um, that have a skill set and you have to bring them in, and you have to develop them, and 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 you see those two players developing nicely.
2: So, coach, it was a weird start yesterday, as you well know. There was an accidental collision uh, with defensive coordinator Dean Pease with Atlanta. I know you were over there. I saw the Saints' doctors over there. He ended up going to the hospital. I mean, it was. I've heard and read today that he's he's okay, and 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 actually came back, I think, to the stadium uh, during the game yesterday. But just take us through that. It was very. Just a a unique, weird situation there.
3: Yeah, it was really kind of a scary situation. I I had kind of just gotten out onto the field um, at that point in time, and and I saw what happened. Um, You know, the specialists are warming up and punting, and, and, uh, um, you know, there was a punt coming on the sideline or close to the sideline anyway, and and Dean kind of had his back to it. And, you know, one of our returners – you know, was trying to field the punt. And he backs into to Dean, and he goes down. And I think really the, I think the the contact with the ground, I think, is what what caused what what I'm assume, can only assume was a concussion. Uh, but it was a, it was a scary moment there. And and uh, you know, look, uh, certainly, you know, we 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 want to compete, and uh, and we want to. We want to beat the Falcons in every which way we can, but 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 certainly you don't want to see um, a guy like Dean Pease go down in a situation like that. But uh, word is that 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 he's 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 going to be fine. And and I had gotten word at some point uh, in the third or fourth quarter that that he had gotten released from the hospital and was heading back to the stadium and and uh, you know talking to you know Arthur out after the game. It sounded like Dean was going to be fine
2: we got to step aside, take a break. More with Saints head coach Dennis Allen. You are listening to the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. And welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Hoss, along with Bobby A. at the Silver Slipper and head coach Dennis Allen. And Christmas Eve in Cleveland on Saturday, so we can check that off the bucket list. And... A high, if they're talking about 15 degrees, but really, and I'm, I'm going to end this with a question, it's supposed to be like 25-mile-an-hour winds and some precipitation. So I'm wondering from a coaching standpoint, because it's cold for both teams, but the wind and the field condition as to you know what cleats to bring, natural grass, that kind of stuff, I would imagine is the, the, are the, the wind conditions and the field conditions more uh, challenging?
3: Yeah. And look, I think, um, you know, obviously both teams have to deal with the elements, uh, you know, the same way. Um, I do think that, um, you know, wind is probably the biggest, you know, factor I I believe that can really a weather factor that can really, uh, you know, affect the game. I don't don't think it's nearly as much about the cold uh, as it is about, you know, just the wind and how much the wind affects the ball when the ball's in the air. And so Uh, that's certainly something that we're going to pay attention to, you know, as we go throughout the week and we get our game plan set. And, and, uh, you know, we have to have a plan for if it is a a really windy day.
1: Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen, is this something, I don't know, and uh, I think they know this, it's not their first rodeo, Doug Marone and Zach Streif, that you challenged offensive line. This is the game. Hell yeah! I know we want to win weekend in and out, week in out, week in and week out in the trenches. But we gotta win this week. And I thought it was interesting. You know, McCoy comes back, and then you look at Caesar Ruiz and all that. And you know, McCoy says, "I thought I was pretty good in the run game, uh, though there were a few things to clean up in the pass protection." And he said uh, they ran a pretty good twist a stunt on us, and uh, they, you know, we we're down in our own ten and and got a sack off and beat uh, McCoy and Cesar Ruiz, uh, he goes on to say that's something that we got to get corrected. To me, if we got second in inches. Come on, we cannot all of a sudden get the ball to Kamara and we lose three yards. At the point of attack, that's something. that I'm going to go a little old school right here. Where do we have Jari Evans, Carl Nixon, and all that? At the point of attack, okay, I'm not saying, but you can't be negative. we got to go at least forward. So I think more than any other game right now, where we're at, that uh, Coach Allen, I know you're going to do this uh, with Doug Marone and, 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 um, and Zach. Challenge the offensive line. This is your game. You got to freaking win. You got to win up front and give us an advantage. I'm not saying you got to be dominant, but you can't get whooped. Uh, you got to hang in there because uh, the, in, in the inclement weather we might be dealing with we we got to be able to win in the trenches cuz that's how the the Browns are going to want to win.
3: Yeah, uh Bobby, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that we need to be dominant in that area. Um and, and and I think that uh you know, for us to have success in this game, I think our offensive line is going to have to play well. Um and and so yeah, I think there I think you do put the pressure on those guys to step up and 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 accept the challenge and, and play well in this game. And, and so I think, you know, really on both sides of the line of scrimmage, you know, in a game that, you know, potentially could be affected uh, by the weather and, and the wind. Uh, I think it's going to be incumbent on both fronts uh, to be able to win the line of scrimmage. And I think the team that wins the line of scrimmage is going to, got to be the team that's going to have the best opportunity to win the game.
1: Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen, when you look at, um, like, uh, Andy Dalton and uh, where he's at, uh, to me, the consistency uh, that, that he's brought to the table. I mean, uh, you can elaborate on this, but, I mean, I'm just looking at, you know, you look, there's 32 starting quarterbacks, and you look at, uh, you, you know, one snap away from being a starter. But when I look at uh, yards per attempt, You know, passer rating, it depends how you view that. Uh, But, I mean, Andy Dalton's been right around 100, completion percentage and all that, in all these categories. Uh, And then uh, you're protecting the football. I think, uh, now, this is just my opinion. I think the play of Andy Dalton and what we've done, if our defense had lived up to expectations where we thought we'd be always the top 10 defense— now uh, you, you might say, or oh, would have, could have, should, have whatever, and all that. But I think we could be an eight and six team with the play of Andy Dalton in the quarterback position. And I'm not taking a Andy Dahl. I'm just saying how he's played, and it's a team sport. We could be uh, eight and six instead of uh, you know a four and nine type team. Yeah, look,
3: I, I don't disagree with you. I think Andy's I think Andy's played well, and I think um you know we've we've got to do some other things around him um you know offensively um you know look I I think we've had some opportunities to make some plays down the field that we haven't come up with uh you know we, we we've uh you know we haven't always protected the ball you know as well as we need to in terms of fumbling the football um and and certainly uh you know, the one area that I think we could help him is 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 creating some field position, um, you know, defensively or, or in the kicking game, creating some field position to give ourselves, a, you know, some more short field. So, uh, you know, I think when you look at everything from a statistical standpoint with, with Andy and just, you know, how he's operated, I think he's operated at an acceptable level for sure.
2: And, Coach, uh, finally... Because the Saints were involved, talk about Deshaun Watson. What you have seen in him in, in, in the past, and this will be his fourth game back, and what you've seen of him.
3: Yeah, look, I, I see, I see a, a similar player that that uh, uh, that we saw when he was in when he was in Houston. You know, I think um, he's got a really good arm. He's very athletic. Uh, he can throw the ball, make every throw on the field, um, and he's. He's really dangerous uh, when he's creating with his feet. So um, I think he's an explosive player that that causes a lot of problems for a defense.
2: Well, it'll be Saturday, Christmas Eve. Cleveland defeated Baltimore to get to six and eight. Best of luck, coach, and uh, we appreciate your time as always.
1: Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, Coach Allen.
2: Let's pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Saints defensive back assistant coach Corey Robinson in his third year. We'll talk about the play of Alante Taylor and other aspects of that defense when we come back here on the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Cost here in studio. Bobby Bear is at the Silver Slipper. We're joined now by Corey Robinson, who's in his third year with the Saints, his second as an assistant coach with the secondary 13 years of coaching experience, the Baltimore native. Corey, welcome to the show.
5: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: So I want to talk a little bit about Alanti Taylor. We we spoke about him earlier with Coach Allen, but I was, I mean, I don't think I've in a, in a football game that I've called have talked about a, a defensive back being more step in step with his whoever he was 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 guarding. And Pro Football Focus had him graded out as like the fifth best defensive back over the weekend. He had nine targets three catches but for just 23 yards four forced incompletions, and three pass breakups i mean just talk about his progression i mean he's still a rookie but it just doesn't seem like it anymore talk about his progression
5: no absolutely man i'm really really excited about Alante um and what what he's been able to do for us and for our defense um you know we, we were really fired up about him throughout the uh the draft process and getting a chance to know him and evaluating him and really felt like he would fit into what we do, um, not only, you know, fit into our, our defensive scheme, but also just fit into the culture of our locker room. Um, he's a, he's a high-level high character guy and a big culture guy. So, no, it's, it's been fun to watch uh, his maturation, man, over these past few weeks and, and uh, what he's been able to put on display.
1: Now, uh, you know, Corey, when I look at, um, you know, one player that to me has stepped up, he got off to a slow start, and I think uh, the that Nation, we kind of spoiled uh, because they were playing at a very high level, that being Malcolm Jenkins retired, and then Marcus Williams, uh, you know, goes to the Ravens. Uh, you can't blame him. Uh, you know, he, he got a big payday. But I think, I think Marcus May, you know, it's a combination of Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. But I thought uh, the last couple of weeks uh, that Marcus May has stepped up considering it's like uh fans would actually where's marcus may i said i don't know uh september october he hadn't been there but as of late uh the last couple of games you look at tackles and his involvement passes defended uh that marcus may has definitely uh, stepped up his game considering uh when uh, mickey loomis and the saints when we get him from the jets to come here that he's really stepped up
5: yeah no no question man um you gotta remember, he's coming off off of Achilles injury, man. It sometimes it takes time for guys to really just get going. I mean, we've been we've been pleased with Marcus, man. He's just been a really, really solid, you know, sound, um, consistent guy in the room as far as just knowing what you can depend on. I know he banged up a little bit early in the year uh, with the rib injury and missed a few games, but I think just being able to put a few weeks together, um, being out there, him and, and Tyra and those guys getting the communication down and just really understanding what. What you know, what they can do within our scheme um, is really you know pay dividends, and and I think you know you'll continue to see uh, that the entire secondary continue to to grow together. Now that we've got you know kind of those guys together for a few weeks, uh, strung together now, and and they'll begin to continue to flourish. And um you know Marcus is a, a big part of that. Um, he's a very smart player, instinctive. Um, again, we were excited about him in free agency and. And thought he would bring a lot to the table for us, so it's good to continue to see him. You like I said, you know, rise to the occasion and get better within the scheme.
1: Now, uh, you know, Corey. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, P- Paul said debo was unbelievable to me in training camp. Uh, but you know, uh, do y'all ever break down? Okay, like, uh, are we too hands-on, too handsy, as far as officials might call that? Because a lot of times when we watch pre- uh, training camp practices. And Paulson Sudedevo might have a pass breakup. You know, we don't have the officials there every day. And so, you know, you get all excited. Oh, great, a pass breakup. But then in a the game, they might call that, depending on the officiating crew and how they're going to call the game. So so how do you challenge players like Paulson Sudedevo, who has a lot of upside, coming back from an injury, and also to be able to be uh, amongst the best? Because uh, I tell you what, uh, we looked at the training camp and said, who had a better training camp than Paulson and Debo? Nobody. But you don't want to be all like uh, Airline Highway in August. we got to do that in the season. So h- how do you all break that down with Coach Richard and all and yourself as far as like uh, when you film the practices or a game and what officials might call and you can't get away with. And uh, you want to be aggressive, but you have to know that fine line.
5: No, absolutely. Um, you know, our, our style of play is um, you know, man, we, we're gonna challenge. We're gonna challenge receivers at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, we, we play press press a lot in this defense and um some of that has managed to cost of doing business, uh, when when you're up and you're challenging and, and, and being aggressive uh with receivers at the line of scrimmage and so a lot of that has to do with again our style of play, um and just the way that we play. Receivers know and offenses know when they when they come to the Dome or, or when they line up against uh, New Orleans Saints defense, that it's going to be a day that they're going to have to compete, um, you know, to get any to get anything. And so we encourage that. Now, obviously, fundamentals and techniques, um, you know, always are, are the most important part of what, what we do because um, it's how we do what we do. And, um, you know, with Paul man, he's a young players continuing to just work the technique and improve in those areas so that, you know, we stay away from hurting the team. Um, by again going out there being aggressive and, and playing the style that we ask these guys to play, uh, but but you know he works at it harder than anybody, and um, you know again some of that stuff is just the cost of doing business, man. We just line up and play the next play.
2: So, coach, I know you're. I mean, most coaches, I mean, you you make your own luck, right? I mean, it is what it is. But for whatever reason that that oblong ball this has not bounced the Saints way much this year. And when you and Justin Evans and Bradley Roby had a pretty quiet game uh, up until that final play uh in the fourth quarter uh and to find when you saw that happen it finally man it had to be a good feeling finally just kind of got big hit by Justin and Roby was in the right spot
5: yeah you know it started with you know DA talking to the team all week man just about you know when when, when they call you when they call your phone man you got to answer the call you know meaning you know when the play is out there to be made you know we got to make it and so we talked at halftime, man, that man, they they been calling us, you know, it's ringing, it's ringing. Like, who's going to answer? And so being able to come up with that that takeaway um, obviously was huge at that point in the game. But I thought we had opportunities to take the ball away, multiple opportunities, and we just got to take advantage of that. You know, we got to cash in uh, on our opportunities. We got our hands on, to, on the football a lot uh, with a lot of pass defense. All right, but, again, we got to take advantage of that and try to come away with it. But, again, we always encourage the takeaways, and and, and really, you know, emphasizing that. That's been an emphasis, you know, even going back to OTAs and and training camp. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, it is what it is. But when they come, man, one of the things that that Chris always stressed to the the unit, when they come, they come in bunches. And so, man, once we get our hands on it, you know, we we expect to, again, have more takeaways and, and to get the party started a little bit.
1: Now, uh, you know, Corey, uh, the fans have asked me because I think uh, he's amongst the best in the National Football League, that being Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, Are we going to see him uh, towards the back end of the season, maybe against Cleveland or or, or sometime? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, he's limited or or where is he at? And I'm going to tell you this, and I think I've witnessed a lot of football, and I can tell you with Lattimore I've seen him go against a bunch of receivers, and the only player that I saw get the better of him was Justin Jefferson. Uh, we played the Vikings, who's gotten the best of, of a lot of cornerbacks or, or DBs. But other than that, uh, the Saints fans be like, "The hell! Uh, we need Lattimore out there." So where is he at? Is he ready to come back this season, or what?
5: You know, he's battling through through injuries, and um, you know, again, he's working hard every day with the trainer staff and. Rehabilitating and just trying to get himself ready to go. So I think as soon as he's ready to play and he's cleared to play, um, he'll be back out there. Um, until then, I don't, I don't have that timeline. Until then, uh, man, we, we just as a group supporting him and and just working hard to to continue to keep that, you know, that style of play and that standard that we operate with uh, at a high level uh, in, in his absence. Uh, but again, we we all love to see him out there and back out there. Uh, Again, it's just got to take its course. And, again, the training staff and the medical staff have done a great job with him and um, trying to get him back. So hopefully that happens soon.
2: So, Corey, uh, you're from Baltimore. You played college ball at Central Connecticut State in the northeast. And So you've been around some cold weather. But Saturday they're expecting like 15 degrees as the high. Feels like temperature like two or three degrees. Maybe some snow. Maybe some precipitation. And So how do you prepare – you know, a secondary for first off, natural grass conditions. So you're outside, and I mean, how how, how do you uh, implement you know that kind of uh, stuff into the game plan this week?
5: I mean, you know, football is a game that's you know, again, most uh, most of us grew up playing it outdoors and then the elements. You know, we're fortunate here to play in the dome and then great weather here in Southern Louisiana. So, you know, we don't deal with it, but you know, you got to take it on the road, and sometimes you're gonna you're gonna have to face um, again the the, the elements. Um, I just think these guys are pros, you know, and, and as coaches we're pros and we've got to go out there and do our job, and um, it's just a part of, you know, I think we got a manual from our equipment team down there today just giving us all kinds of tips. I think it includes, like, you know, wearing extra socks and two-pair underwear and, you know, all types of things so that we can stay warm. So I think if you follow that, that protocol or that manual closely, uh, we'll be able to be just fine out there in the, in the elements.
2: Well, we'll be there with you, my friend. Best of luck. Thanks for joining us tonight, and uh, good luck in Cleveland on Saturday. Keep it going. Everybody,
5: thank All you. Right, thanks, guys.
2: Corey Robinson, assistant defensive back coach for the Saints. I'm thank Bobby A. as well, Bobby. As always, thank you, my friend. All right, Hawes. When we come back, we'll go back to the Silver Slipper. We'll be talking with Mike Taitlier Monday Night Football, Rams and the Packers, and what will conclude the wackiest week of NFL football. In history, Back after a break, it's the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back. It is the Saints Coaches Show. Mike cost now joined by Mike Dettelier, back at the Silver Slipper. And Mike, tonight it's the Rams and Green Bay, and yeah. <laughs> both struggling. Five and eight Green Bay, four and nine Rams, but I just want to... So right now, 12 of the 15 games have been decided by one score or less, and that, is th- that ties... For the single most week ever in NFL history, and if it's a one-score game tonight between the Rams and Green Bay, it'll be the record. It has been the wackiest weekend I've ever seen. Starting yeah. with, I mean, starting with you know Thursday, and then you know that Saturday Indianapolis, Minnesota game.
6: Man, th- Thursday night, and then you take it up to Saturday, and you know I'm watching this. I'm, I'm eating dinner, and I'm watching the game. I was like, "You got no shot." Okay, and they go to halftime, and I'm watching a little bit of college football. I'm swinging it from channel to channel. All of a sudden, you know, I'm putting back on the NFL game, and I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Because you could kind of see that snowball starting to affect them. And, man, the Vikings took over after that. But it's been a crazy week, Mike, and – uh, you know, two very disappointing teams. When, when you think of the Rams, and when just think of the schedule makers, man. When you looked at this week and nice. said, "Man, I get the defending world champs and Matt Stafford going up against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers," and man, this this would be a great Monday night deal. And yet, th- that all went out the window Re- real quickly. Uh, you, you saw the Rams really uh, the the hardest hit I've ever seen a Super Bowl defending champ. Take uh, afterwards. I mean, it's really been difficult. And Baker sort of saved the day for one, you know, week. But can they do it again? I'm not real sure. Now we into weather games uh, this coming weekend, and it's all across the United States, uh, north to south, all across, and how it's going to affect those games. And uh, I never forget Joe Ferguson telling. Bobby, and it's about him playing in Buffalo all those years. And, you know, Joe grew up in North Louisiana. He goes to Arkansas, gets picked by the Bills. And he said the cold is one thing, but that win is something else to deal with. And Joe would always say, I would lead the AFL." in passing efficiency, yards, completion, touchdowns, September and October. Come November when the win started, end of story. (laughs) He said balls that would have gotten there easily just died in that win. And that's going to be why I think this becomes a Taysom Hill game, that you're going to have to play this game differently. Uh, You're going to have to consider – the weather conditions, and what it's going to be like. But the wind is going to be a major factor here. That's why I think, you know, Chubb and Watson running the ball are going to be their biggest keys for the Saints to stop defensively.
2: Yeah, I heard from Baltimore uh, play-by-play man Jerry Sandusky. He said – First off, you know, he's talking about the booth and he said he's never seen and he's been doing this a long time. He's never seen a stadium where it swirls as yep. much as Cleveland because uh, and, that lake effect. Right. And Cade York had a brutal day and you know, <laughs> oh, uh, and uh, I, I can't can his name. The Baltimore kicker missed two. But had one blocked. Oh, geez, yeah, uh, yeah. Justin Tucker! Justin I was like Tucker. Justin Tucker. He missed one before half, forty-eight left. I was just, I was so stunned, I almost didn't know what to do. That he had another one blocked, but there were four kicks missed uh, in that thirteen to three game. So that, yeah, you, and you it was
6: it wasn't as windy then as it's supposed to be Saturday. You saw Kate. He missed one left, miss one right. Ooh. No, Kate grew up in Texas. He kicked at LSU. He might have kicked where he couldn't see the goalposts in Gainesville. But that's differently than than kicking in Cleveland. And he's finding out, uh, and he's the most talented place kicker I've ever seen come out of LSU. I'll be honest with you. I mean, he was unbelievable. But the NFL is a little bit different, and there's come consistency issues with Cade that he's going through. And you know what? Uh, I remember Martin Anderson saying year one for him how dreadful it was uh, in year one. And then he became, you know, certainly one of the greatest kickers of all time. and uh, I'm just telling you, Mike, you're going to have to look at this game differently because of that wind issue. And that's why Taysom Hill, Kamara, Johnson, they the keys here. Winning up front and the same thing with the Browns. Browns offensive line and that kind of threesome of Watson, Kareem Hunt. But maybe the best back in football this year, Nick Chubb.
2: And if you're gonna, you're gonna hear a lot of former LSU Tiger like Cade York, but he's one of four on yep. the active. They have six former LSU Tigers. Two are on injured reserve. Jacob Phillips and Ethan Posick are on are on IR. But you have Cade York, Grant Delpit, the safety, Greedy Williams, the defensive back, and Dion Jones, the. Uh, Jesuit DJ. So you didn't play him in Atlanta, but he gets traded to Cleveland where you get to face him again. So that's a, that's a ton of Tigers.
6: Yeah. Uh, I wonder how they adjusted to that weather, too. Because a lot of those guys are Louisiana guys. But listen, it is what it is. And you knew you were going to catch it. And uh, man, uh, you're just getting all these alerts one after the other about life threatening situations in, in some of these spots in the Midwest. Mike, when you start getting that, uh, I mean, they're talking about here in the 20s. I mean, come on. We're not really used to that in South Louisiana for any stretch of time, and you're going to get it for two days. But that wind effect in Cleveland is going to matter, yep. and it's going to change your game plan dramatically.
2: And I know we talk about it every week, but it's a factor every week in that someone, some team has to win the <laughs> NFC South. Tampa's lost two straight. They're 6-8. and eight. They're followed by a trio of 5-9s. and nines. Tampa's got at Arizona. That's Christmas night, so that'll be the last game of Week 16, Christmas night. Then they're home to Carolina, then at Atlanta. They grease the skids, right? Now the Saints, uh, Saints got to win the skids
6: for them to win that, right?
2: The Saints have to do their their, their you know due diligence before anything else, uh, but I mean it's just when you watch the Saints were the only team to win this weekend. I mean it's, it's just been it's, it's it's unbelievable.
6: Is the uh, is the hot potato division? Everybody's kind of passing it all around, but the easiest route to me, because of scheduling, would seem to be Tampa. Uh, At this stage, because kind of the air got let out of Carolina's balloon yesterday. Uh, I mean, come on. They they lose to the Steelers aren't very good, uh, but neither are they, uh, you know. And so now you saw Joe Burrow and I'll take it. They down 17 to nothing. And I'm like, good gracious. And then, boy, Joe started to get hot. And then they started turning the ball over one time after another after another. And uh, self-inflicted wounds on the Bucks' part, it helped Cincinnati. But I knew Joe wanted that late touchdown, man, that, that little swing-out pass to the tight end. He kind of wanted to stick it to him, uh, you know, in Tampa. But uh, Joe's a stone-cold killer out on the field. I mean, Good he day, really yeah. is. Uh, but uh, to me, it would seem to be that the Bucks have the easier path because of who they have in the play, and the, in the quarterbacking play on all three of those teams. Okay, they're playing. Well, who knows if McCoy's going to play? He had a concussion, McCoy, yeah. right? A- and so now you had an issue. You down to you. The next up, you look at Carolina with Sam Darnold came back down to earth, and, De- and Desmond Ritter. Oh, you know he's playing like a rookie. Played like a rookie.
2: We will see. All right, Mike. As always, thank you, my friend. Thanks thank for you, your brother. insight, NFL and college analyst Mike Taitelier. The Saints in Cleveland Christmas Eve. Weather will be a factor. We'll keep you posted all week. Thanks for listening, everyone, to the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. And thanks to Charlie Long in the booth.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.